Welcome back, Panther fans. I'm David Brown, along with Ryan Graham. Hey, y'all. And Tim Thurber. Hello. And this is State of Atlanta. <laughs> Cheers. All right, I'm, I'm wine guy tonight. Wine guy. Oh, man. You're, you're yeah, always... On the video, my teeth are purple. You're always uh, exceptional to have on here when you're a wine, Ryan. Yeah. <laughs> and I've already been a wine, Ryan, for the past two hours. Just That's so you great. Know. That's great. I've been real light, Dave, for the past uh, hour and a half. But uh, anyhow, uh, welcome back, guys. Uh, how has your week been? <clears throat> so much fun. I actually watched a little sports, watched some NASCAR. Some quote Oh, yeah, I saw that was on. Some How many left turns quote. did you watch? Well, there's 500 laps or 300 laps times four turns. So, um, watched all of them. Yeah. Well, no, actually, I was uh, talking to Tim a little bit during the whole thing. We we're texting back and forth. I finally got sports on. I never watched NASCAR, but I was watching this just to be able to have some kind of competition to watch that wasn't. Uh, the 2012 Cornhole Championships or anything. And so I go down, so then I'm, I'm doing, what was I doing, burgers or something on the grill. I go downstairs to fire up the grill, I'll come back, and baby Einstein's is on the TV. So I didn't get to watch laps, probably 100 through 250, but I, get, I did get to finish the race. So David, where is the commitment? <laughs> the actual... <laughs> I, I think I committed to NASCAR a lot more than I ever have in my life. So, uh, <laughs> like, somebody needs to win something. <laughs> they got the little rating number boost for uh, for somebody else turning it on that never turns it on. <laughs> I, I turned it on. I just didn't see anything. I think the race had finished. So, I don't think that counts for watching NASCAR. Were you uh, trying to watch The Simpsons or something? Because it went late. It went long. Because they had they had they actually had an accident on the very first lap. The very, very first lap, somebody got uh, an accident and went out. It was uh, after, was it, 100-something days of waiting for a racing to start back again, and, like, he couldn't even make it one full lap around the rotation. I call staged. Yeah. We can't even restart sports properly. Yeah. <laughs> this, is, this is what it's going to be like when we get back to actual real sports and everything. It's going to be like the first pass is going to be, you know, dropped ball. The first pitch is going to be a bean ball. It's going to be uh, all garbage, right? Yeah. <laughs> well, we got a different episode tonight for everybody, or for this week, I guess. Um, new logo came out for the Sun Belt, which we kind of knew about um, a few weeks ago. Got leaked from what was it, South Alabama? Had an open practice or something? And got a got, practice field that they're building. Yeah, yeah. Uh, so we had a chance to take a look at it, but we're going to have on thanks to um, Tim. He reached out. We actually have the graphic artist behind the logo. So come on, he said he'd come talk to us about it, about how it came into being and uh, the hidden meaning, the Illuminati s symbols and everything that are in this logo. So we had to find out all about it. Are and you guys going to play nice? Of course we're going to play nice. Yeah, it's, we're going to play nice. I don't want to say the state of Atlanta is a safe zone, but uh, we're not a bunch of jerks. Yeah, I mean, well, uh, let's be real here. We are. Um, I'm apathetic, and you guys are, like, super, like, emotional. You guys are, like, driven to this. You know, you care about the the, the color of the of the logo needs to be the absolute perfect royal blue. I, I You know, what's well, they, the hex code? Quick. It's pretty It's pretty simple, yeah. All the codes are posted online. But actually, Tim and I went through and looked at that, and they, they contradict each other from all over the place. Even yeah. Georgia State. Of course, Georgia State's contradict itself. But even looking at other schools, you really can't find a uniform thing. But um, 
Yeah, uh, so uh, he's going to come on and talk to us about it before he comes on. Uh, we had the, the the look at it. Tim, you said you, know, you had some you know pretty strong feelings about it when you uh, we first saw it. But have you come around? Are you feeling better about it? You like it or? Yes, when I first saw the logos, I thought, well, we're the best of the worst. Right. So we didn't know what the logo was going to look if we were going to have school specific colors. Right. We just saw what whatever was on South Alabama's field. And I think that was a, a lot of the big concern was, oh, no, we're going to get screwed over again with having a black or black and blue. Right. Red and blue. Some like non what are we doing color combination. White's a tough one to do for a graphic designer because like that's just like not a primary color that you use. That's like the background. Yeah, exactly. Everything's on, on a white background, so you have to make uh, mm-hmm. way for that. Um, so, but I'm fine with that. Um, you know, that's, those are our school colors. Work with it, or don't have school specific colors. You know, it's. I think that's some- that's my whole thing. Stop putting the SBC logo with school specific colors. Just make it a, the regular, like whatever our colors are, the gold and blue, or whatever it is. That goldish orange and like a blue copper and blue, blue or something. Yeah, it's it's. Really- it's it's not a great color to be color scheme to begin with, but no, but like roll with it. Just stick that logo on every field. You don't have to like customize it for the color. I think it's kind of neat. It's a unique way of trying to get a little buy in whatever, but yeah, I agree. Um, you don't see, I mean, think about what if the sec did something like that and had a red and black sec circle on the field, Would it look better than having their blue and white logo on the field. I mean, our colors are barely different than the SEC colors. We're just darker, I think, colors in the SECs is lighter blues and golds. Yeah, so what they should do is just they should make the Sunbelt logo just be the blue and white logo, and then everybody else wear our colors on their – screw that. They're not good enough to wear our colors. I don't want them wearing blue and white. Wear, wear yeah, your, well, this is a bad idea. Wear your ugly crimson, crimson and gold Texas State. You don't get to wear awesome blue and white. Navy and gold. Yeah. Yeah. Just saying. Exactly. <clears throat> yeah. Um, I, I, one thing that I did like about the announcement was we were the only school that did stand up and say, no, you're not going to screw us with some alternate. And uh, we just got our like one set of, of, um, of logos. And we were like, well, if you can't make the other set good, then like, don't do it. And that's something I definitely want to talk to Brian about tonight is, you know, was that, how that, how did that conversation go? Was it um, something that he pushed for, the school pushed for? I mean, as we, as we know, it's really hard to believe that Georgia State actually got out of something doing the best possible outcome that there is if they had their, their choice in the matter of it. Typically, they find a way to screw it up, at least a little bit, throw in some anthracite in there or something. I'm but, sure he'll let us know. We could have thrown that in there. there I'm sure there were options. He'll tell us about all that's, well, I, that's another question I want to ask about is what other options were there um, uh, that – was this was this SBC thing? Was that was that just the 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 only thing pitched, or you know, were they wanting to have that SBC rebranding thing, get away from having Sunbelt uh, written out? But yeah, we'll see. Yeah, he he should be joining us um, here in the next uh, well ten to twenty five minutes. We'll see. He's a uh, he's out west, so his time zone's a lot different than ours. Over in Portland, hanging out. Yeah, I'm hanging out the Goonies, hopefully, right? Yeah. There's somewhere out there. Uh, welcome to the rest of the people that joined. Uh, Fran, I guess it's your birthday. Happy birthday, Fran. Oh, happy birthday, Fran. Yeah. 
Alexis, welcome. I think I saw Matt Matthew joined us. Yep, welcome, welcome. Wow, we're like we're like we're making it. <laughs> we're like yeah. real time. We have five viewers right now. For uh, uh, for those that did join after we got started, we're gonna have the graphic artist uh, that behind the Sunbelt logo coming on in a little while and talk about how that came into being. And uh, if you got any, if you guys have any questions yourself, leave them in the chat on Facebook, and we will um, try our best to ask the questions if they're appropriate. <laughs> I, know, I, know, I know Max is going to come up here with some inappropriate questions. She's uh, quite inappropriate herself. So, <laughs> But I got to say, I mean, I came around on the logo once I saw it on our jersey. I thought it looked solid. I mean, the fact that we didn't go two-tone or we avoided two-tone coloring on the Sunbelt logo, I think it was a big win for the school. And having the right colors, finally, after seven years of being blue and black, and now we're blue. Yeah. That, we just lost out so big in that, that rebranding they did five or six years ago. So I, whether or not you like this logo or not, I'm glad to get away from that one. Although it does seem like a lot of people liked the old logo quite a bit. I like the old logo. The wheel? I liked it. I think it looks good. Pizza wheel. That's what I call it. Yeah, I just don't care about all the stuff you guys care about. That's why I wasn't very excited about talking about logos for like an hour and a half. Well, there's another thing we'll talk about afterwards. Um, God. A few things. We got some uh, big news from Coach Dan Ellington and uh, yes. some uh, pipe dream realignment news with the Conference USA. And um, Wait, it's not official? Yeah, it's, it's officially pipe dream. <laughs> <laughs> and then uh, the bane of my existence is you know, we recorded the episode last week and the very next morning I sit down to work and we have the tweet out about Georgia Tech getting a series scheduled and basketball, three game series scheduled with us. And I'm like, oh, great. We could have recorded. You got to release that information one day before. And yeah, we could have talked about it. But now we had to wait six days. Now it's out of everybody's minds. And I forget what I thought about it when it was all released. But, but the really big news there was that you got uh, the Georgia state Twitter to respond to your tweet about it. Yeah. We're going to need uh, Georgia state just to release all news on Tuesdays. So uh, I can, <laughs> we can talk about cycle. <laughs> on here. You just want us to wait the whole week. That's all. I mean, simple as that. You know? It's time to do our homework and our research and because that's what we're known for. We're known for all that. Right. <laughs> Testing our memories. I have I, I do not have a good memory whatsoever at all. So I definitely live in the moment, you know. I feel like I drink a lot faster when we're doing these shows. Probably. <laughs> but um I brought a whole box, so I'm good. Wow, you are ready. See, that's why you don't mind the black and the color of the logo, because you're drinking black box wine. Hey, black box Malbec, not a sponsor, but delicious. So you were on a different podcast or a different uh, call before this show started. And uh, did was that box of wine opened for that call or was it already opened? It was already open. Yeah, no, that's the great thing about a box is it can be open for a while and you can get. Well, I want to see how much of that box of that wine. If you're going to drink an entire box of wine between your call and the, and the show this week. So. Oh, no, 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 no. That's too much. I, there's like four. I think it's four bottles of wine in there. That's easy. No, it's not. <laughs> Jesus <laughs> Christ. <laughs> yeah, so John, uh, yeah, we could record on Thursday nights, but uh, that's not a word. So, and not a day of the week. So. Yeah, that's made up stuff. I don't know what you guys are talking about. 
No, when we we picked Tuesdays uh, for a very specific reason. Um, we started this for football season, and uh, football games are played on Saturday most of the time, unless you know we have a third a Friday noon game. Because thanks Charlie Cobb, and uh, so Sunday I got my my NFL games to watch. So I don't I don't want to be recording this then. Uh, Monday, I, you know, I used to play in a bocce league on Monday nights, and so Tuesday was the first day. We could record it to get uh, enough lead time in for the following week. And we picked nine because we're both dads. Yeah. It's just easier when the kids are like already like in bed and it's an easier sell. <laughs> Tuesdays, which actually doesn't really matter now when we record the whole thing because we're in this limbo of no actual sports. We could re- record it on Wednesday and release it on Tuesday if we wanted to. Mm-hmm. That's true. Yeah. 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 So. So as we wait for Brian to uh, to call in, is there anything else you guys want to talk about? Sure, we talk about this week. Well, yeah, let's talk about the, a little bit of the Corona uh, virus stuff. What's going on with this, uh, everything? That's how we've let off the past several weeks. The quarantine. Um, I saw an article that uh, this makes sense. I didn't think about it. Oh, here we go. Brian's here. I guess you have to right. episode. So right. uh, here we go. Welcome. Oh, I'll, I'll say it when he's, once he's on. Welcome, Brian. Hey, Brian. Hey, guys. Thanks for having me. Hello. Yeah, I'm David, and uh, you. Uh, I'll let Tim and Ryan introduce themselves. Uh, I'm Ryan. Just so you know, you're already live. I don't know if he told you that, but you are. <laughs> I kind of figured as much. <laughs> And I'm Tim. I was the one messaging you on Twitter about the logos. Yeah, good to meet you guys. And you're uh, already a winner of my book wearing that brave shirt right there. I, I hope you would appreciate that I dressed appropriately. <laughs> but it, it still looks like it's sunny there, so you're obviously not anywhere near us. I, I am actually in Portland, Oregon. Ah, all right. It's, it's nice country out there, though. Lots of good hiking. It is, it is yes, very much so. Are you a native? And uh, I remember last time I went up there and I was hiking, I was offered um, hot I don't know how many times. And I'm like, guys, I'm on a trail in a place that I don't know, and I'm just not not, not rocking that tonight. It is legal <laughs> here in the state of Oregon. <laughs> you, don't you, have to, you don't have to continue if you don't want to. That's fine. I mean, I'm, I'm not really a participant in, in the <laughs> marijuana scene, but, you know, it's legal here, so, you know. Leave it to Ryan to get us talking about pot in the very first uh, seconds of the conversation. Yeah, one, it was about pot, and two, I made it super weird for our guest. <laughs> I mean, I live in Portland. Everything's weird, so no big deal. That's true. That's true. Are you a native to Portland or the Northwest area? Is that? Um, no. I Well, sort of. I, I was born and raised in San Francisco Bay Area, um, and I lived there until I was 15, and then my family moved up to Portland. Um, so I've been here... I've been an Oregonian longer than I was a Californian. So I consider myself an Oregonian through and through all my significant life events have happened here. Went to high, finished high school here, went to college here, got married here. My daughter was born here. So Oregon's home. Yeah. You guys, you and I are very similar. I'm kind of the same boat. I'm from Memphis originally, but moved to Atlanta when I was 13 or 14. So yeah, high school here, college here, Georgia state, obviously uh, married here, kids here. So yeah. So uh, I'm definitely a Georgian more so than a Tennessean. Thank God. So. <laughs> uh, no comment. 
So the Braves shirt, are, are you a fan of the Braves or is it you just happen to have uh, team logos ready, team shirts ready at any time to hop uh, on? They are actually a client of mine. So I, I do some work with the Braves. Um, yeah, that's yeah. actually something I wanted to talk to you about. I looked at your, uh, your website and uh, both the Braves and the Falcons you've done some work for. Yeah, yeah. Um, so I'm pretty well connected within the sports design industry. I've been doing this. Uh, I've been doing design overall for about 15 years and 10 of those have been in sports. And I've gotten to know Insung Kim, who's the creative director at the Braves for the last three, three or so years. And um, he reached out to me in the winter and said, hey, you know, you want to do some stuff with us this, this spring uh, up to the season? I said, absolutely. Uh, and, you know, kind of a similar story. I, I've been connected with the, the I mean, it's not really fair to say the Atlanta Falcons. It's really uh, AMB Sports and Entertainment, which is, you know, the Arthur Blank family of businesses. So it's it's the Falcons, it's Atlanta United, it's the Blank Family Foundation, it's it's uh, to a much much lesser extent the Home Depot. Uh, it's also Atlanta United. So um, I, I've done work with AMBSE. Some of that has been for the Falcons directly. Some of it's been for the Blank Family Foundation. Some of it's been for other Blank Family businesses. So. But yeah. so, you're, so you're independent. This is all your stuff. You, you work for yourself and everything. So do you do everything pretty much remotely or do you have times where you're actually flying out to Atlanta or other clients places to, to talk about things or are you? Yeah. Yeah. Yes. To both of those actually. Um, I mean, most of, uh, most of the time it's, it's all remote and, and the good thing about, you know, the COVID situation, you know, I'm, I'm used to having these conversations over, zoom and skype and things like that and over the phone so it's kind of familiar territory for me uh, but i do occasionally make the trips out to to see clients you know i i've been on site with dc united a handful of times uh for various projects just when it when it calls for it or, or as kickoff projects to meet people so yeah well enough about you let's talk about georgia state and the sunbelt <laughs> let's do it <laughs> so the uh the logo i guess was officially announced last week um mm -hmm. And uh, but it leaked out. We I don't know if you were aware of it or anything, but there was I was, a, I was aware. Yes, <laughs> um, we found out through um, South Alabama. Let some people out there that already had it on the field. So there was a lot of talk about it uh, online and everything. Um, and I, I don't know how much you know about Georgia State or especially the Georgia State fan base, but uh, outside of Ryan, we are all incredibly obsessed about logos and branding. Oh yeah, I don't care. I I but hate this. Well, Georgia State success in sports is <laughs> not anything to talk about a lot. So what we do talk about is uh, what we look like on jerseys and billboards and things like that. Well, it is a nice shade of blue. <laughs> it is a great to eye-popping blue. <laughs> it's an unusual shade of blue, believe it or not. It's not uh, one you see a whole lot in sporting Isn't it the exact same as Kentucky? I think it's like one number off of Kentucky's is what we were told at one point. But you I'd have to check that. But uh, I'm sure I, I darn close. It's close, but you know, in the world of, of Pantone colors, close is not always the same. Right. Oh, I know. <laughs> so, how did this uh, project come about for you? Uh, so, obviously, the Sun Belt reached out and we're looking for some new branding or whatnot. What yeah. were the, what were their like? Uh, and I don't know how this whole process works. You can maybe just walk through that. But what were they asking for? Like, so you, I'm sure you saw their pin. I call it the pinwheel logo. Mm -hmm. Um, and then they did all the colors for the schools. Uh, what was like the request? Like, you know, we want to, you know, do away with this and use SBC or just get creative and show us something new. What was, what were you looking for? What were they looking for? 
Uh, well, Keith Gill, who's the commissioner of the conference, um, I, I mean, this is one of those times where I did, I actually flew out to New Orleans and met with the conference. I'm sorry about that. I apologize. <laughs> it was one day. No, um, really in New Orleans. <laughs> I mean, it was my first and only time ever to New Orleans. I was, I was, I uh, flew in, went to my hotel, Metairie, uh, the, and then um, went out to the Sunbelt office in the morning met with people went straight back to the airport so it's well, you were able to get it right you did it the right way <laughs> you know, insulted. so that's a i think it's a win in your book you definitely put that one down on your resume surviving new orleans you can <laughs> tell people you've been there and you don't have to have actually experienced it so that it's a win there you go so yes. uh but anyway um when when i went out there to meet with with keith gill and and other members of the of the conference um uh, the big thing that he was really looking for and his biggest concern and I mean, issue is not really the right word, but the thing that bothered him the most about the pinwheel was just how the, the existing lockup really created a visibility issues, particularly on uniforms. So it was, you know, if you looked at it from a distance, you couldn't read the text very well because it was really small. Mm -hmm. um, the pinwheel on its own didn't work because it was too close to Sunbelt Rentals and some other, you know, it just didn't have any sort of uh, cash to itself. Um, so it was, he was looking for something that would really just stand out and be able to say Sunbelt Conference on its own. Um, without it having to be explained and, and something that they could just really maximize that space on a jersey or on a court or anything like that. Um, as far as, you know, I know people are all, all hot to trot about, you know, the fact that we've gone to the acronym, the SBC versus, you know, Sunbelt spelled out. There was a lot of back and forth uh, between me, between people inside. And, and when it came down to it, um, we kind of, really wanted to follow the convention of other power five and, and, uh, FBS conferences. Every single patch on a uniform is either a monogram or an abbreviation right. for every other conference. It's not like you see mountain West spelled out. It's MW. Right. Uh, and nobody calls it the MW. Everybody says it's Mount West. Um, <laughs> So we that was kind of one of the things that I pointed out to them. It's like you can you can put SBC on there. Everybody's still going to call it Sunbelt because SBC is a little clunky to say, and it's everybody knows it's the Sunbelt. It's just We're all set in our ways identified. anyway. Yeah, yeah, well, yeah. So I guess one of, one of the issues that came out, and I have no problem calling it SBC. Like you said, it's, it doesn't flow off the tongue like SEC does, but it does make it gives that impression that Sunbelt is trying to emulate. The, the SEC with being SBC. Um, can we start it? Can we start a chant? Can we at the end of every game? Can we like SBC? Yeah. For those people, the, for those people who are are complaining about the SEC, I'd like to point out to them that the Securities and Exchange Commission existed long before the Southeastern <laughs> Conference did. So, uh, you know, a little bit of pot calling the kettle black. Yeah, you walk down Wall Street, everyone's going to lunch and shouting SEC all the time. <laughs> uh, but you know, I, I don't, I don't expect anybody to to start calling the conference the SBC. But at the same time, like we looked at a lot of documents, we looked at articles on ESPN, and people were already doing that, you know, either yeah. informally or colloquially. So it's not like it wasn't already in the lexicon. I mean, so one thing I never knew is whether or not we were supposed to put the space between sun and belt. Like they would always capitalize the S and the B, but you would see it sometimes written with a space between the two and sometimes as one word. I never knew which way was the right way to do it. So at least this way, just 
you know, save your fingers some time and just SBC. There's no space though, right? Isn't that right? No, there's no there, space? there is a space. It is two words. Sun belt. I, I never can figure it out. <laughs> exactly. I kind of felt like the uh, 2013 logos, the pinwheels, were actually trying to emulate the SEC with a circle. And like, you can't see it from far away. So you, you might tune into a game. You think, oh, I'm watching an SEC team. And it's, well, the SBC. I feel like they were trying to emulate the uh, push-up panther that you can't see from 10 feet away. <laughs> well, you have the black push-up panther, that's for sure. <laughs> yeah. I don't know was... if... Oh, sorry. Go ahead. I was going to say, I don't know if Brian's seen that, but we have a, um, like a GSU logo with our like Zool uh, logo on top of it, and it's like blurry from anywhere closer than like, you know, here. I, I have seen that. That That is officially retired, by the way. Yeah, yes. Um, but uh, no, I mean, if anything, that like the SEC was the furthest thing we, that from our minds. Like that was early on a very distinctive conversation. Like everybody's going to say we're trying to to pull you know rank with the SEC. That's bullshit. Um, yeah. Really, if we were to say we were trying to emulate anyone, it's the ACC and the Big Ten. Right. Those are really who we were looking at as as much closer examples to what we were trying to achieve in terms of of a mark. And, and you look again, looking at the landscape of, of the FBS conference mark uh, uh, identity world, everybody is, it's type driven. So we were, we talked a lot about, you know, featuring the sun more prominently, the text more prominently. It's really that short abbreviation and all in the text. So that's really where, you know, the concept came from and why that, where the driving force behind the design came from. Now, was there ever talk about doing like a wrestling belt with a big sunburst right in the dead center of it, like going right across the SBC letters? No, not that, but I did draw on a napkin at a restaurant in New Orleans, um, a little uh, illustrated sunbelt guy doing, doing a superhero pose like that with sunglasses on, so... I will yeah. pay you and he was wearing a belt. I will pay you ones of dollars for that napkin. <laughs> <laughs> uh, that is at the Sunbelt office in New Orleans. I do not have that well, napkin. Then it's lost. It's just it gone. <laughs> Sorry, <I'm concerned. laughs> so did you, you use a print 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 for SBC or did you create something like a, is it just its own graphic? Um, that is a, a completely custom typeface that I developed specifically for the Sunbelt conference. And that was actually the first piece of the identity that we built was the typeface um, because we knew it was going to be such a type driven logo. We wanted to have that solution figured out prior to anything else so that we could kind of get that conversation out of the way. Cause a lot of times what, what happens when you get into these processes is, you know, Oh, you get the mix and match kind of thing. So I like this icon with this text. Can we see if what those two look like? And it's like, let's we're short on time. So let's try and just one thing at a time. Let's fi figure out the type. And we'll get the type designed and knocked out and buttoned up. And then when we're going through all the iterations of the icon and, and the lockup and everything, we're, we're not trying to mix and match different typefaces in different formats. You know, we already have one thing figured out. Excellent. So uh, was, I guess you kind of made, maybe just answer this question I was going to ask, but the, my question was going to be, was there... What we're seeing now, was that pretty much what was just handed over to the Sunbelt? Or were there several different variations? Like, I, I made six different things. Which do you like? And then we'll tinker from there type. Is that how it worked? Or Yeah, yeah. There were a lot of different options that were presented. It's never usually ever just like a, a designer will come up with it. You know, the, the old Paul Rand, Saul Bass, you know, legend story, you know, where he 
drew the Exxon logo on a napkin and handed it to the, to the CEO of Exxon and said, pay me a million dollars. That doesn't happen. That's not a thing. Um, so we, we designed, I don't, I don't even know how many different versions of this existed, but yeah, each one of them was, was designed, was mocked up on uniforms and fields and, and uh, put into all the different school colors just to test out you know, the color schemes to make sure that the designs would work with all of that. Um, in the end, we were down to, I want to say, you know, five or six different contenders that got whittled down to kind of two finalists and then ultimately the one that is now live. Excellent. So was, and sorry, uh, Tim, Ryan, jump in uh, whenever you got a question, but um, I'm just going to keep going until you say something ahead of me. Was, uh, so having the colors for all the different universities is a pretty unique thing for a conference. You typically don't see, or I don't know of any other conference that kind of does the all the team colors with that same logo. Was that a request from the very beginning? They wanted to keep that from the whole pinwheel days? Or was that just something that, you know, if it's not nice to have type thing. No, that was definitely um, a requirement uh, as part of the whole process. And that's actually a pretty standard pr- uh, procedure for all the conferences. If you look at the PAC 12, every, every school has their combination. You know, my Oregon ducks have their green and yellow version of, of the PAC 12 shield. Utah has, has it in red, black, and white. You look at the big 10, that big one zero is, is, or the big one G depending on how you see it. Um, uh, the, every school has their different color version of that. Same with the ACC. I had no idea. Yeah, I mean, that's, yeah no, we all sort of thought it was laser focused on the Georgia State and don't pay attention to anybody else. <laughs> <laughs> no, that's that is a pretty pretty standard operating procedure. Did you go to Oregon Georgia State game a few years ago? I did not. No, I. Uh, it's uh, what I mean. When was that game? Uh, what was that like three years ago? <laughs> Everything feels like three years. No, that was actually that was still the FCS days, um, or was it FBS days? It was. Oh, it wasn't that long. You know it's what? Australia. It's when you. Do you remember when you were in Australia, Ryan? No, because that that was uh, that would have been Wisconsin, I think. Uh, I did a whole week, and uh, I did Eugene, and or I did uh, Portland, and then I did Seattle, and then I did Eugene. So, um, I I like made that a whole trip. That was not my. Uh, that was not the 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 Australia trip. 2015, Ryan. That's when it was. So I would have uh, just been moving back from Seattle after working for the University of Washington football team, and that would have been right before and right after my daughter was born. So there was no way in hell I was going to a college football game with a with a newborn. Did we play Washington right around then, or Washington State? Washington was uh, was when I was coming back from Australia. That's the one I'm thinking of. Yeah, yeah. All the schools in the Northwest, they're all the same to us down here. So. That's okay. All the schools down there are the same to us. Sorry. It's all good. It's all good. All good. Talking about I mean, it's okay. I, I get people asking me, I tell them I go to Oregon. They're like, is that the beavers or the ducks? I'm like, oh. <laughs> Nike. <laughs> both with Nike. They're both Nike schools. Oh, uh, I mean, Nike is the superior logos, in my opinion, to any of the other ones. I've I've enjoyed, as far as Georgia State goes, our Adidas uh, merchandise is my favorite. But Nike has like the most quality, like logos and designs, in my opinion. I thought maybe you'd have an opinion too, designer guy. Come well, on, man. help me out here. Whoever, whoever signs the paychecks have the best uh, branding, I'm sure. He's yeah, he's that. not allowed to have an opinion. He's like, he's yeah, like I, I work with too many people in too many industries to comment on that. And I, <laughs> yeah, fair enough. Yeah, but so. well, we can all we can all agree um, Maryland's Under Armour stuff is garbage, right? 
Just Maryland's. Under Armour's fine. <laughs> but just well, Maryland. All right. So, Brian, <laughs> don't make me mute you. Uh, <laughs> so, Brian, uh, uh, back to the uh, university colors and the, and the logos. Apparently, I'm way, way off base on that part of it. But there was one thing that was very unique about Georgia State, and was that there was uh, six different options shown of the, the branding colors, but Georgia State only had three. Every other school had right. six. Uh, and I'm assuming, I mean, you kind of answered this question to Tim on Twitter already. I just want to talk right. about it here a little bit. That's basically because Georgia State, one of their primary colors is white, and you just can't do a lot with white. Yeah, I mean, the thing is, um, we knew, uh, we went back and forth with this a lot on, on Georgia State. Um, Georgia State's official colors are, are blue, white, and red. Uh, but the red is only ever used as an accent color. It's really in the entire brand, only ever seen as the underline and the word state on yep. the on the stacked mark. Yep, so right here. it's not really part of their brand. Um, but at this and at the same time, like they wear gray uniforms, they wear black uniforms. They don't ever wear red uniforms. Uh, <laughs> so it's either blue, white, black, or gray is whatever you see on the field with them. So for a long time, I, I, you know, going back and forth, the, the powers that be at the conference, you know, they wanted everybody to have kind of things be all fair and equal and equitable between all the all 12 schools, uh, 14 if you count the, the associate members. Um, we wanted to give everybody a three-color option with their logo, so white and their two school colors, um, and then or their two primary school colors. Uh, you know, Co Coastal Carolina provided a, a little bit of another challenge in it. Um, just because they have black, teal, and and uh, bronze, I think is what the best color that. combination ever, right? Like that's, I, I think it's a cool color combination personally. Like, I think it like that. Really well, but I do, yeah. Uh, the teal, the teal field's a little much, but yeah, the teal uh, field is a little much. Right? <laughs> <laughs> uh, but at the same time, like, so we kind of with them, that was another challenge. Is like, do we do teal and black? Do we do teal and bronze? Do we do uh, do we do bronze and black? What, you know, so we, that was another one that was really tricky to figure out. But coming back to Georgia State, um, we we looked at you know blue and red as their three color design, and then obviously just the blue and white option for their two color option. Uh, we wanted to give every school a two color option so that they could have a little bit more of a, a reduced look on things. Um, App State was one of the first schools we did a lot with, and um, the they have the white outline with the yellow top and the black bottom, which looks great on white. It looks great on, on, um, yellow on black. It's okay. The, the two color, the yellow outline with the black interior just looks sexy as hell. And the same on the yellow, that looks great. So that was when, when we did those versions, we were like, why don't we just give schools both options, you know, a three color and a two color. Um, but when we came to Georgia state, we we're like, the blue and white is perfect. Um, what the hell do we do for the three color? And right. we're like, blue over red, red over blue, blue over black, uh, gray and blue. And each one of those ones, I kept, I kept coming back to every time they would ask me for that. I was like, this is just not right. Their brand <laughs> blue and white, it's blue and white only. Um, so I feel like we should said, round of applause that a little bit. Yeah, I know. Thank you so much because we've been pushing so hard for, for just blue and white. Uh, the the pinwheel thing we had had blue and uh, black in the, the logo, and which you already talked about the the push up panther when when blue and black would just look like a smudge and you couldn't see anything on it. Right. And black is not a primary color. I mean, we do have uniforms that are black, but it's not 
really a Georgia State color. It's the blue, white, and that red accent. So. Yeah. Well, the black used to be part of the color palette uh, before the, the 15 rebrand. It was in the color palette. So when, when the pinwheel came out in 13, blue and black made sense. But when you guys uh, dropped black out of the color palette, uh, it ceased to make sense, but the logo didn't get updated. Um, so that, that again, you know, when we were doing that, I, I kind of, they were talking about what do we do? We don't want Georgia state to be the only school with just those three options. Like, but what's wrong with that? Realistically, what's wrong with that? We're all, um, hats, hats off. I mean, you kept saying, you kept saying gray, but like, could we have anthracite? <laughs> Talk to Under Armour. That's Ryan. I mean, sure. Ryan. I just, I just like, where's the anthracite? That's a, that's a Nike. That's an old, <laughs> old thing. It's an old thing. We don't want anything anthracite. He knew about the push-up panther, so I thought he might know about anthracite too. It seems like he uh, did his he did his research, you know. Well, I I actually worked at Nike for a year as a contractor um, uh, in 2012 to 13, and working in a football category. So we did a lot of anthracite uniforms then. Oh, um, we were one of them, I think. Yeah, there's there's some stuff that's kind of proprietary. I can't really ah, talk all right, about that's how fair. that works, but um, but yeah, the anthracite was was a very popular color then, um, and a lot, came a lot of times at the request of the schools, not so much as you know Nike pushing that. So I buy that. So since we had the, the the pinwheel thing was just five years old, in your experience, is it does it, is this common to just change everything five years later or you know you tend to want to, i would think you'd want to have some tradition and stick with something and have it last for several years before you just rechange everything uh you know i don't know it was well a- it, it's a little older than that it was actually it, it uh came out in 2013 so it's seven years old not five years old but even then uh, we're, we're we're over here where we have a 25 year old stadium that we demolish and everyone's up in arms that it, it didn't last longer than 25 years uh a logo i guess it's pretty much easier to change in the stadium but still it seems awfully quick to rebrand completely uh you know there's there's any number of reasons one year might be an appropriate time to change a brand uh i think uh you know keith gill's reasonings for wanting to change the logo made a lot of sense um you look at the new tv deal that that the sunbelt conference is signed with espn now the conference is going to have a lot more brand presence and a lot more prominence in in the college football landscape on tv and and exposure uh and you want to have that brand recognition that conference recognition along with you know anybody else like the ACC or or the Big or or the Pac-12 or anything like that. To that extent, the Pac-10 had that the the new logo came out, and then a year later became the Pac-12. So they had to redo everything. So well, you know, I knew, I knew all that kind of stuff. I just wanted you to say for everybody else. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, there's any any number of reasons why a rebrand might be appropriate. Uh, you know new commissioners come in uh, just like a new athletic director might come in for a, a particular school and, and want to put their own stamp on the program. Uh, you know, it happens in the corporate world all the time. You know, you get bought out, you get merged, you get a new CEO, something happens. You want to have a new brand position. You want to do all sorts of different reasons. So the longevity of it, it's not really too much of a factor. Uh, I mean, Yes, there's an expense and, and uh, you know, kind of an overhaul that takes place. But also at the same time, 
you know, the conference did a lot of their due diligence ahead of time. They knew a lot of teams were getting new uniforms this year. They knew a lot of teams were getting new turf. So they were pretty cognizant about the impact it would have on schools. And one thing that didn't really get too far out, we did an interview with sportslogos.net, Keith Gill and I did. And um, one of the things he talked about was the fact that for this rollout, given the, the situation with the pandemic, they are, are being really uh, loose with schools and member institutions to allow them to roll it out you know, on a slower basis than they ordinarily would to, to offset the financial impact because they, their understanding of what's going on. Gotcha. Gotcha. How long does a project like this typically take? I'm not asking you know, not specifics, but is this something you knock out over a weekend or is this something that takes like, you know, years to, to figure out? Uh, you know, it, everyone is different. Um, but this one uh, in particular, we kicked off in October of last year. So it's been seven months in the works. We're still we're still working on it. We don't have everything wrapped up. Uh, 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 you know, we launched the the full brand, but there are components that we're still building out uh, for for the conference that's going to come out here in the next few weeks and months. And and there's more to do. So there's you know, <laughs> overall, it, you know, when you're talking about a a, a rebrand of this magnitude and and this uh, prominence, it's six months usually at a minimum to up to a year to sometimes even two years. Right. Wow. wow. Um, so when you were working with uh, the conference and the schools, were you, were you working with each individual university, like in communication no. with them directly or was it all being siphoned through the conference? It was all going through the conference. Um, and, okay, I, and realistically, I just think it, that had to have been a nightmare. I, I'm just thinking is I, I don't do design work or whatever. I <laughs> work with clients and I'm like if I had to have like 13 14 different individual departments all telling me what they wanted in their variation that'd be a nightmare <laughs> you know it wasn't <laughs> the good thing was um, they understood when it was presented to them via the conference that uh, we considered them uh, when we were building this so they knew that we had their best interest in mind when it came to you know the optics of, of how they're their colors and and their brands would be represented within the conference itself. Um, and that was something that we worked really hard to convey. Um, and, and I mean, there, there's a lot of truth to that. We really did care about how the schools would look in, in, in the, the conference mark. Um, so, you know, there was a little bit of back and forth on, you know, just trying to see some different combinations but it, at the end of the day, it was really flipping colors. As far as the marks themselves went, that was really the conference kind of went to the member institution and said, this is our new brand. Um, <laughs> so like, this is what we're, we're rolling out with. Now you guys can have a say in, in, in how it's colored to your, to your institution, but this is what we're doing. Gotcha. Gotcha. Interesting. Really, um, like you're active on Twitter. And so you're probably getting lots of pings from fans like me and other fans of other schools. Have there been any schools that have like really pinged you a lot about the logo and Georgia Southern's really mad. Really? Georgia Southern. Yeah. Is really hey man. Mad. You did a good job. I think you did a wonderful job. <laughs> now, Southern uh, Southern is is really upset that they decided to include gray in their mark. Um, but Did you, know, you tell them it's because that's the color of beautiful Eagle Creek? <laughs> I I did not. I I just it's in their brand standards. They have navy gray and gold in their brand 
they for their three color mark they wanted they wanted the gray we we gave them the option oh, of just let's, the let's, all let's echo that real quick they wanted the gray the georgia southern administration wanted the gray therefore they, all those fans upset about it can stop harassing brian over here and can go right back to their administration so if you've upset a georgia southern fan you've either done something right in the world or just gone <laughs> about your day like it's <laughs> they get upset about everything <laughs> they, they seem to be the most upset of, of anybody, the most vocal. Let me uh, tell you about Statesboro, Georgia. There is nothing to do there. Like I say that we're <laughs> obsessed about logos and branding, though they literally have nothing else going on in their lives. So that's this is all they've got. This is all they have. And circling back to those 2013 logos, they got the logo right for their school. We got our logo wrong. So this is kind of the writing of the wrongs for us. Yes. <laughs> well, and, and the silly thing is that, you know, for, for all the people that were upset that gray was in the mark, like they still have the Navy and white only option. <laughs> like yeah. that's the thing. Like we, they have that. They're, it's still there. So, they don't use it. But they, they could ignore three and be as cool as us having uh, our three, you know? The thing is, if you would have given us that logo with the wrong colors, we would have been upset too. So we're just proud of our, you know, institution for being like, no, we've done this already. We don't need this. <laughs> we got this wrong one time. We won't do it wrong two times. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Uh, and, and as far as I go, I, I just fulfill the requests of the clients. <laughs> of course. Yeah, of course. Of course. Yeah. You're, you're just, you're just the, the hired labor getting everything done. Well, uh, I just work here. Yeah. I make my recommendations. Uh, you know, Georgia state was one of them that I fought pretty hard to have it be blue and white only. Um, that was definitely one, but even, even Georgia Southern, I, I was looking at that and I was like, they got gray uniforms. They have gold uniforms. I was like, what do they want to do here? Yeah. Um, I, I mean, the, like the core brand at, I mean, to, to, to the Georgia Southern fans out there who are, are upset, you know, I looked at it and their core brand really is blue and white. And I get that. But at the same time, like if your brand's really blue and white, what are you doing with all these other uniforms and all these other color combinations? So they you know. do listen. That's our second biggest uh, listenership is uh, people from Statesboro. So yeah, out of, you know, obviously in Atlanta, and uh, we can see where our listeners come from. And our second biggest, uh, I use the term city lightly, uh, the second biggest area for listeners come from is uh, down in Statesboro, Georgia. Uh, so they, they, they do listen because, like I said, they have nothing better to do with their lives than focus on everybody's life is so much better than theirs, which is literally everybody. So I'm signing off of this podcast right now. He's like, oh, crap. <laughs> They're gonna be, uh, if, you know, if anybody on, who's actually watching this live on Facebook has a question, like I'm happy to answer them. Right, while right, we're yeah, doing. yeah. Anybody out there has a question? Let's let Brian. I um, unless Tim or Ryan have a question about uh, the Sunbelt logo, I have a few questions about. I just want to pick Brian's brain about some Georgia State logo stuff. Sure. I just had a comment real quick. I mean, I, I think I told you, Brian, when I first saw the logos, I was just kind of lukewarm at best. But then once I saw there's some Twitter post, maybe the sports logos, they had it on our jersey. Like that flipped it for me as far as. That came okay, for me. Way more, readable, <laughs> way more readable than the previous pinwheel thing. Like you can see it, it's clear and it looks crisp. I like it. Thank you. Uh, it's uh, it's amazing how seeing things in context and and not just you know on a page or right. on a mock-up or anything like that really uh, makes a huge difference. 
Yeah, to your point, Sam, one of the things that uh, really got me about uh, the um, uh, seeing it on the jersey is like we're big fans. I think all three of us are really big fans of the all blue or the all white jerseys. And it kind of gives you a chance to like not have something stand out with a big different color on it. It kind of fits along with that all blue, all, all white look and everything. I guess really all blue look for the most part. But yeah, I, I agree. Once seeing on the jersey definitely put in a whole different light. Um, for me as well. But uh, Brian, what I wanted to ask you was, so you've obviously looked at Georgia State's branding over the, at least the past few years and everything. Um, what is your profesh- professional take on the, the, what we call the push-up panther, which I'm sure you know what I'm talking about. We talked about it earlier. And then just having that panther head as a logo uh, between those two, because there's pretty, some pretty strong feelings on our sides. Um, I mean, I think the Pusha Panther is a little busy for my take. Um, you know, the, I, I want to say that that it was TJ Harley who, who designed that logo. He's a local Atlantic guy. And, um, uh, you know, I, I know TJ and I like TJ a lot. But uh, so no disrespect to him on that. I just, for me, uh, I, I don't, I think the text and, and the way the Panther, it's, it's I mean, Panthers are tough. There's so many Panthers out there. Um, and to do a Panther that's unique is, is a challenge unto itself. So I know he had a Herculean task when he designed that one in the first place. Um, but for me, I think the Panther head is a much more successful uh, mark to itself. Um, I, I like seeing it used on its own. Uh, I don't love the new version where the, the logo is just kind of floating above the, the Georgia State text. Um, yeah, that's, that's been a big thing for me as well is, uh, that word mark. They, they want the Panther head to be known, but they want you to know where it came from. So they, they want the Panther and the word mark, like the best way to get that logo known is just to have that big Panther head, no context out there and let people figure out that's what it is. Cause I think I, I am a big fan of the Panther head. Uh, and then no disrespect to you, to the guy you said about doing the, the push up Panther as well. To be fair, I'm pretty sure he probably submitted a dozen really awesome Panther looks, and the administration we had at the time is incapable of doing anything <laughs> right. So it was messed up for a long time. You have no idea, man. We just we just had a really bad athletic department for a long time. The funny thing about it is that Panther head was right there the entire time. That Panther is right there on the body of that push-up Panther, and how yeah. we not just accept that as being the logo is uh, beyond my beyond my I don't know. Well, I will say for the push-up Panther, um, I do like that everything is, is contained. Um, you know, the text and, and I mean, the, the push-up paws, as you call them, do frame the text nicely and provide a foundation for that word mark. So, so from an identification standpoint, an education standpoint, particularly because you guys are a school that has gone from and made the jump from SES to FBS – fairly recently. So there's an education factor that goes along with that. So, you know, for, you look at, at brands as they evolve over time. Nike is a great example of this. For the longest time when Nike launched in 1972, every time you saw the swoosh, it had the word Nike next to it and, and you know, kind of overlapping it. It wasn't until the 90s uh, the late nineties that Nike started dropping that and going to only the swoosh. So you're talking about 20 plus years of brand education and consumer recognition before they could feel comfortable dropping 
the the Nike text to just the swoosh. And the thing is, everybody talks about, oh, we want something as iconic as the swoosh. We want something as iconic as the swoosh. <laughs> the swoosh didn't get to be iconic until it became such. So, and it took a lot of marketing. It took a lot of athlete relationships, and it took a lot of on-field success for it to become iconic. So, the the thing about the Pantherhead uh, uh, to kind of bring this back around is that it's going to be a matter of time and a matter of patience. So I think the athletic department has a, a good assessment of the fact that putting the Panther head with the Georgia State wordmark is smart um, and probably necessary for the foreseeable future uh, in the short term, it's just simply because, again, how many Panthers can you think of? There's Northern Iowa, there's you guys, there's Pitt, uh, FIU. Northern Iowa was the first one that comes to my mind. Yeah, um, <laughs> FIU. <laughs> FIU is is another one. There's Carolina, there's, which is not NCAA, but still Panthers. There's the Florida Panthers. Uh, so there, I mean, even in South Florida, you have two Panthers, um, two Panther mascots. So it's it's a really widely used. It's a really common mascot. I did a, a, a Panther brand for the indoor football league myself. And, and we, we ran across the same sort of thing. It's like, how do we make our Panther different from all these other Panthers that are out there? I mean, there's Eastern Illinois and, and lots of directional schools and small schools out there, but lots of, I mean, Panthers, Wildcats and Tigers. They're the most common mascots, uh, in, in the NCAA landscape. So you got to do something to help, uh, your your version of the panther stand out and the other thing too is there are a lot of panthers with blue in the color scheme so if you have just a blue panther it's not unreasonable for people to, to look at your panther and go is that pit <laughs> right yeah so, what you're really trying to say is they're trying to train us for like 20 years and then move well to that, that to that point though um but also the 70s were a way different decade than the 20 teens the 2020s are because you you didn't have as much stuff just being shoved down your eyeballs everywhere you go like you do nowadays so yeah i can totally understand why you had to put nike with a swoosh back then to get that in your head but now when you're looking at a, a football game and you have that panther head logo and you see that it's georgia state versus whoever tennessee then you know who who that is so uh, but yeah i get your point and, that, and i know that's where they're coming from but i guess um, my problem with it from our side of things is that's great you want to have that but also give us that pantherhead option as well as a as a merchandise buyer i want that t-shirt that hat and they've come around there you can now get shirts and hats and stuff that just maybe a, hat, maybe a shirt but you could yeah. years you could not for years well, but the, the education component, because of the, the consumption of mass media and the rise of social media, is making that, that education timeline way more condensed. So it's not going to take 25 years to do that. You're obviously already seeing that now yeah. uh, come to fruition in five years. So, I mean, the timeline is way more condensed for that sort of thing. We do have a question from Facebook uh, from our intern, uh, John Weaver. Uh, I think you kind of touched on this already, but he did ask uh, how many iterations of the logo, the Sunbelt logo, uh, did y'all present to the conference or did you present to the uh, conference? Uh, I have no idea. Uh, <laughs> too, many to uh, too many to count. Upwards of 50 at least. Wow. I was not expecting that. I was going to say like a dozen or two or something. Yeah. Not 50. Wow. I see yeah, no, I mean, not not all of them were anywhere near as polished as the, as the finished one. So, and they're in different states of completion. But 
yeah, when you when you ideate on this sort of thing, that's that's what we call it in our fancy design terms, is ideation, <laughs> um, which <laughs> cracks me up that we use such BS terms like that. Um, uh, concepting is the other term for it. When you're ideating or concepting, like yeah, you go through a lot of of, of different you know formats. A lot of them are really similar ideas, just with little minor tweaks. Yeah, you let's chop off the edges or or make them jagged or yeah, yeah. Exactly. This one's straight. This one's slanted. You know, this one's slanted and up. You know, it's, it's those are three different versions, but you know, really all playing on the same concept. So there are fewer concepts, but a lot more iterations. So when you do something like this, you kind of when you send this, let's just say fifty uh, uh, submissions and whatever, you pretty much have a good idea. It's probably going to be one of these half dozen, dozen. That they're probably going to go with, but I guess we get surprised every once in a while. Yeah, I mean, I try to, to kind of keep myself out of, you know, this is what I want people to go for, what I hope they'll go for, because, you know, what I want and what the conference want or what the client wants, you know, or if it's a team, don't always line up. Um, I can always advocate for what I think is the best option and what I think is the strongest choice. But, you know, at the end of the day, I'm not the decision maker. Um, but when, what I do typically as part of these process processes is I'll kind of I'll go through a bunch of iterations and there's a lot that never ever gets put in front of the client I've come to find that uh, usually if there's an option you don't like that's the one the client will pick (laughs) (laughs) Um, so I I try and kind of narrow it down to to kind of anywhere from three to six choices for them to kind of see Um, and I'll really polish those three to six options as to what could be a final design. Um, you know, obviously barring client feedback and, and, you know, requests for those sorts of things. Um, but I'll also build them out. I, I, I never ever show a client a design on just a, you know, a white background because that's, you never see a logo in a white background. You never see the braze a on, on, you know, just white. Um, wait, 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 wait. The braves have a white, a famously have like a white uniform. Yes, but do you see the the A logo on said white uniform? Oh, I don't know. I don't watch baseball. Exactly. <laughs> so, um, anyway, you you see. But the I knew enough to know they have a white. They uniform. do, but it has uh, piping around the collar that's All both right. navy and red, so it's not just white. Professional, you. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> you Nobody's know right? doing. <laughs> um, so anyway, I'll, I'll I'll put the logo in, in a lot of different mockups. So you know, for the Sun Belt, we I put it on stationary on the website, on business cards, uh, mocked it up on what it looked like in an interstitial on ESPN, like on a, on a transition wipe, uh, you know, during a, a live game feed. I, I mocked it up on their social media channels and obviously on, on team uniforms and fields <clears throat> and courts. So again, you know, that's another reason why I try and limit the number of options I show because all of that mock-up stuff is really difficult and time-consuming. <laughs> so yeah. to do it for, for 80 different logos is... Not really practical, yeah. Right. So, um, like, um, for the conference, how quickly did you guys align on the SBC with the sunburst in the middle? Was there a secondary concept that they were considering that they liked, and they weren't sure which way to go, or is it pretty quickly to align on what it is today? They were they were fairly quick to to jump onto that one. There was another variant uh, that was in kind of a little pill shape. Um, that was vaguely designed off of the geography of the the conference. 
so I kind of mapped out, you know, from Texas to, to the Carolinas, what the conference landscape looked like. And I drew a box over that. <laughs> um, and that was kind of the, the base for the form of that holding shape. So that was another one they liked, but um, at the end of the day, you know, this was, they gravitated to this one pretty quickly. Um, the only other real contender was, was a version that said, you know, it was actually sun belt spelled out. Um, and it had the, a little sunburst element that was going through the text um, just as another option. But um, they, they really didn't ever gravitate towards that. Yeah, having not seen it, I think that still the uh, what they landed on is a lot better. I, I'm I'm cool with the SBC. I like that yeah. better, even if it is more difficult to say or whatever. Well, if you look at if you look at the the brand guidelines that the conference released, or or you look at you know the Spark page and you look at the full family of marks, the the SBC on its own is rarely going to be the mark that you see off of uh, a uniform or or a field. Um, usually there's, it's either going to be the SBC with the text Sunbelt conference underneath it, or it's going to be, um, that we have a stacked version that's got the SBC and then Sunbelt conference underneath and a word mark or, or just the word mark that says Sunbelt conference. So, you know, we, we wanted to give them that flexibility to be able to still have that, you know, recognition of, of what the conference is, um, and not limit them to just being SBC so that they could maintain being called the Sun Belt or the Fun Belt. Right, right. Oh, whoa, whoa. Come on, man. You were doing so well. <laughs> Had to throw that in there somewhere. Fun Belt. You tried to design that was fun what, belt. you think this is a circus or something? No, I think it's fun. You guys have fun teams to watch. Whoa. Really? Ratings say otherwise. No. <laughs> <laughs> that was fun belt just just to like throw it in there and slide in as a potential design uh no no we didn't, <laughs> we didn't get an FBC logo the the conference was actually pretty uh okay with embracing the fun belt moni- moniker Ooh, just because they, they have no idea what they're doing <laughs> i i think uh i i think the previous uh, uh administration in the sunbelt conference might be more worthy of that commentary than than the folks that are in that's there fair. now that's fair. Um, that's fair. I, I you know my conversations with with keith yell he's he's a really smart guy and he's got a lot on the ball and really understands a lot about kind of just how things should be and i know at the end of the day he really just wants to elevate the the prominence of the conference and and have it be taken more seriously and and the visual identity was a component of that he wanted to you know they wanted people to take the Sun Belt as big boy sports in, in big boy college landscape and he wanted a big boy look to go with that yeah i agree yeah uh tim ryan you guys have any more questions at all for brian i hate logos a lot so <laughs> i got i got one closing question i want to ask him before we uh let him go maybe a couple of small itty booings afterwards but what do you think of uh, our state of Atlanta logo here? You think it's pretty sharp? You know? oh, good question. It's good. It's good. It's uh, to the point. It's it's a little on the nose, but at the same time, like for a podcast that's Georgia State based, you got the nice underline, which is a great tie uh, to to the Georgia State mark without infringing on its copyright. Exactly. Uh, you've got the microphone that takes the place of the O, so it's clear what it does, and you know, yeah, it's clean and clear. We're Go Ken. Actually, my, my yeah, my uh, I gave my wife the uh, inspiration, and uh, she's she's not a designer; she's a IT programmer or whatever. But she's a she's a crafter, and so I yeah, gave. Yeah, she's it, got an eye for it for sure. It, yeah. So uh, yeah, 
but yeah, um, yeah. So uh, thanks, Brian, for for coming on and talking to us about all of this. Um, I really appreciate it. I think we learned a lot oh, about the whole thing, and um, knowing that whether you're a Braves fan or not, you own a Braves shirt is uh, makes you feel better about the whole thing. <laughs> well, I'm a, I'm a Braves fan now. I've got my Braves hat over with my collection as well. And, uh, They're I, America's team. So. Oh man, I remember watching those those '90s Braves teams and how they only won World One World Series is just beyond me because they were just they dominated. You were not. But I mean, the only thing on TV for a long time on that. Yeah, I mean, turn on TBS after school, and there was the Braves. So, uh, and I, I've had the the good fortune to take in a game at SunTrust. Uh, well, Truist now, yeah. but uh, it's a gorgeous there. ballpark, and uh, yeah, I absolutely love it. Well, if you're ever in Atlanta again, uh, hit us up. We'd love to go to a Braves game with you if you're in town for uh, some college. I mean, assuming we're ever allowed to go to a sporting event again, uh, <laughs> hit us up if you're in town for a Georgia State event. We'll, uh, we, we are known for having the best tailgates at Georgia State, which is still not saying a whole lot. No, come on. We have, we have some really darn good uh, tailgates. I don't know if you can say the other thing on, on Apple, but whatever. <laughs> Okay. Yeah. That's awesome. Uh, and if you guys are out here, look me up. We'll do. We'll do. Thanks a lot, Brian. Really appreciate it, man. Cheers, yeah, man. Brian. Thanks yeah. for having me. Yeah. Let's get back to some Georgia State stuff. Other news. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So I guess we started talking about this right, right before uh, he came on, but uh, Georgia Tech, the day after we concluded last week's episode, announced that uh, two and one with uh, Georgia State and basketball, which is awesome. I mean, that's, that's exactly what we said would never happen, right? I mean, first of all, they clearly waited until after our podcast. Obviously. obviously. They, they, they knew what the big news was. Although I'm kind of surprised they wanted to go up against us on our release that day. Like, if people would be like, oh, am I going to not listen to the State of Atlanta podcast and just read this article about a, a basketball game? Right. No, I'm going to go, I'm going to go listen to our podcast, but, uh, I, I know I've never understood people who, who think that like, you know, they're not going to schedule us cause we're too good. And then when we're bad, they're like, we, they don't schedule us cause we're bad. And I'm like, well, well which one is it? You know, well, well, everyone's convenient at the time. In yeah. This, in this particular case, Ryan, coach Passner of Georgia tech said he was not going to schedule us. Never again. He, no, this was, this was before the, uh, before. Game. I, to my knowledge, he said that, he was not going to schedule us. There was no reason to schedule us. But then he, but then he got scheduled three times. To- uh, three times, right? I mean, he's still the coach. Well, so, and there was an article, at least one that I read, that said something about how the uh, coronavirus is to blame or to think uh, about this, about getting these closer games together. I want to know what the deal is about that game at Georgia State because that's the year that we're supposed to be open the Convocation Center. Did we? you know, say we'll split some ticket sales or something, or do we be yes. like, or, or, or we give you those two games at McCamish and you know, you're going to have uh, a full house, but do they right. already have a full house? Cause you can't buy single game tickets to that game that's scheduled this year. I looked and maybe it's too early. I don't know. I think it's too early right now. I, I, my curious thing is like, there are games available, but not men's games. There's like women's game against Florida. I, State. They, don't, they don't sell out, man. Like, yeah. come on, man. That, that's that a is, beautiful that be a sellout game. That those two games, I mean, Cambridge will be sellout games. Especially, I will try to go. I want to be Assuming there. The fans are allowed to be at sporting events again, ever. 
why'd you got to go there, man? That's like, <laughs> ah. It'll happen. It'll happen. Reality, reality, David. That's fine. <laughs> this is so fitting. As soon as we get a nice football stadium, and as soon as we get a nice convocation center being built, like, oh, no, it's not hip to go to sporting events any longer. Yeah. All right, so go. So I guess the big question for me is, obviously I would have preferred, you know, two away games, two home games, whatever, two for one, I'll take it. Question for when they come to our arena is, do you open the season with that or do you schedule that in like early December or sometime in January after your team's had some practice and some time to gel? Because like there's two trains of thought, right? You catch them brand new, they haven't gelled yet either. And you have a good team, you'll probably beat them the first game of the season. Or do you, you know, give both teams some time to figure out their rosters, all the moves? That's know? an excellent question. I'm glad you asked it, Tim. Uh, <laughs> what do you think? So I think that that is the big question about that first well that, that game at at Georgia State is Atlanta loves an event. They come they come out for events. Uh opening of a new stadium is an event, but then scheduling, you know, Georgia State, Georgia State, I think that that's, that's a big event. I could see that being not necessarily the first home game. Like they would do an exhibition game, like play like the university of Phoenix or whatever to the first game. And then no, uh, let's open it. Let's open it with the big game. That's yeah, what I yeah. think. Yeah. Uh, I think that matters a lot more than like what you think you can win and whatever, all, all that other stuff. Great. Like I think you just open it up with like a big, like the ribbon cutting is playing Georgia Tech. Well, there were there were still preseason NFL games in Mercedes Benz Stadium before it opened. So play the preseason okay. sports arena. Done. Play play next match. Oh man, I I don't I don't want my season tickets covering that game. Who cares? That be that could be an event too. It's the last preseason game in the sports arena. Come tear well, it down. I would say like in the coach Hunter days who uh, his teams notoriously got off to a slow start, but then picked up the pace, um, maybe not open it up. But uh, with coach Lanier, we were hot at the beginning of the season and based off yeah. of the season, I say I'm with Ryan. Let's open up the whole thing. Let's, let's do the whole deal. I say, I mean, just like our football team, right? Use this as your marquee event game and get people to come to it. Obviously, all Georgia State people, and then hike the prices for tech people. Well, so I guess a question to ask is, what if there's delays in construction? Just like Mercedes-Benz, and granted, this is going to be on a far smaller scale than Mercedes-Benz was, but what happens if you're delayed by a two, three weeks opening, and you have Georgia Tech as that opening game, and now you're playing in a sports arena and not playing in... uh, Is Is it that tight? I've got no idea. We've we've received, okay. we've received no information about it. Was like like we're told it's a go, but is it a go? Yeah, I mean, for all we know, it'll be done in the middle of the previous season, and they won't they just won't play in it until the next season. Yeah. I mean, right. I, again, I have no idea. So, I mean, as long as there's cash, I think construction will continue. Oh yeah, longer. Yeah. I mean, cool, good, but faster. Good, I mean, good point. What if there's no cash? Well, we don't do stats over here, Tom, so that doesn't uh, help out. That's a stat. Sorry. Uh, so it's been like six days since I wrote down any notes about Georgia Tech, and I didn't get a chance to, to read through them. Um, 
what do we get? Oh, so this is kind of interesting. Text schedule leading up to this game, to this uh, first game here this year, is uh, December 13th. They're playing against Stanford in Brooklyn. That's in New York. Uh, December 16th is home versus us. That's three days later. Two days later, home versus Florida A&M. And two days after that, Delaware State. Like, they have four games in seven days. Four games. We were complaining about three games in five days. They got four and seven. That's I wish that we were like the last of those. <laughs> right. Like you're tired. <laughs> not, not number two, but they are at least they're flying back from, from uh, New York on that one. But that's a weird scheduling to have that many games. And I know that in December it doesn't matter that much because kids aren't on campus and you just knock them out. And Florida A&M and Delaware State, I don't know where those I was going to say, our students are out by then, right? Whenever our yeah, game is. Finals will be over before we ever play. Oh, finals will be over before uh, they play Stanford in Brooklyn. Can we just bring our students over there to stand in their student seats? Well, yeah, I'm, I'm sure that um, get our students to stay out that are still in Atlanta. Hey, come to this tech game. All of their guys are dating our girls, so yeah, true. But I thought that was a really interesting schedule. That's just a lot of games. Um, but if nothing else, this should be putting. Uh, Georgia on notice, you know, cowards. Come on, you cowards. Come down to Atlanta. Yeah, we like, played everybody else, so come on. Yeah, I mean, I know it's not likely, but, I mean, why not? I mean, take coronavirus. You need to schedule us. I don't, I don't know. Well, this goes, goes back to something we talked about a long time that uh, Ryan abhors, but uh, having this uh, a state tournament, either a round robin or just a little. What, what are you talking about I abhor? Oh, be, because I, I want to make it a law that are required to do it. Oh, yeah. Um, that, yeah yes, I abhor that. That's they're, true. They're state, state-owned organizations. It's not like you're requiring a private citizen to do something. Yeah, well, I have problems with that, too. I have problems with my own fandom of a public university. So, <laughs> you know. That's complicated, Ryan. It is. It is. But I think it'd be cool, though. I think uh, Andrew made a good uh, uh, idea about doing a tournament uh, every year that involves the six like division one basketball programs in, in Georgia. And you don't have to do around, you don't have to do a round Robin or any kind of thing like that. You just take a uh, base off of then when he had the conversation, the RPI, I guess now it'd be the net rankings and net one and two from previous season play each other, three and four play each other, five or six play each other. I'll do it at state farm arena or something like that over the course of one weekend, maybe one day for that matter, three games in one day. It'd be fun. It'd be, be a good time. Cool. Yeah, I mean, I think that's good for all the programs involved, including the bigger ones. I mean, there's there's nothing well, but good press that comes out of that. And Well, that way you don't have to worry about any kind of like uh, crazy things. You're, you're having one and two play each other. That's going to be a good game, you know. And if, yeah. that, if that number one team is Georgia State beating Georgia, then, then so be it. But yep. I guess Georgia probably doesn't want to come in being the sixth team but in net rankings. <laughs> I mean, if, that's good though, isn't it? Right. Like, like to play, like if they're, play, if they're increasing their strength of schedule by doing something like that, that's a good thing for them and good well, for the SEC. Right. No. Yeah. One would, one would certainly think that. So yeah. I don't, uh, I just don't buy it that they don't want to play us because we're like, we're too good. Right. They want to play good teams. 
Well, you know, they, they don't. They don't want to play any team. I, I, I do buy into the fact that they don't want to play a team that's going to challenge their ability to recruit and be better themselves. So yeah, you don't want to play against Georgia State when you're recruiting in the state of Georgia, and you want to be the premier team in the state of Georgia. Right. You don't want to be shown up by your little brother. Right. That's the whole mantra yeah, that, that's that's the thing and then i know ryan your, your backup is that is well then if we're really crappy then they don't want to play us because then we're we're not good enough but they are georgia and georgia tech come from the big wig conferences that get to dictate and they get to decide how they do things and if we were in a similar position would we want to do it at all like you know well, at least not talking serious at all but like all of a sudden uh Tech moves to the Big Ten or whatever that, that that joke was, and the ACC picks up Georgia State. Never happening. But let's say that. Would we ever want to schedule Georgia Southern again in anything? No. Why? Yeah. True. No. No, I think you would. Again, I don't want to schedule Georgia Southern anything ever. Like I don't even want to acknowledge they have an athletic program. <laughs> I mean, the reason, the honest to God, like the technical reason I wouldn't want to schedule Georgia Southern is because they run a weird offense that we would not have to prepare for otherwise. If they played like normal football, like everyone else, I would say, yeah, let's play them. And I know that's not going to be popular on this podcast, but like that that's that's the way it is, man. Like I, they play weird I football, so F them. I acknowledge that where we are, we are supposed to be playing Southern in every sport, every season. I acknowledge that. I just don't want to. No, I'm, I'm, I'm with you, Ryan. I'm fine playing them if they don't play that style of offense. Yeah, that's that style of offense that really screws it up. So if we just talk about basketball, let's play them. Who cares? That's absurd. Do you think that Georgia doesn't want to play Tech because Tech was playing an option offense all the time? No, that's a, that. That was tradition and history. They had to play each other. That's that's why they did it because they had that additional variable of tradition and history. Yeah. They didn't want to. Though. That's the one game they played. Georgia could be like national championship caliber and then like lose to Georgia Tech because they had a triple option that no one else had, and it's dumb because they didn't have to practice for it at all until that <laughs> week. Well, then just play Dress Southern the week before. <laughs> <laughs> well, they did that. That's that's the strategy they took. <laughs> they actually have played um, option teams, lower division before, lower caliber teams. Yeah. yeah. It still doesn't matter. I mean, you know. I mean, even Saban came out and said, this is a bad strategy. Why would we do this? Well, my question for you, Ryan, is let's get back to Georgia State playing Georgia Tech and basketball. Is this a basketball game that you'll go to? Are these three basketball games we can count on seeing you inside the stadium for? Yeah, I will. I would. I would try to go to those games for sure. Uh, we we got to try. We got to. We got to try on that. Yeah. I would. I would. You know, I'll buy the tickets, and and if I have to get rid of them, I have to get rid of them. But I'll. I'll at least commit the money. And we're gonna tailgate this too, right? We're gonna tell. Oh, yeah. Okay. All right. You can't have parking because I, I, I work for um, Warner Media is one of my clients. I don't know if I'm supposed to say things like that, but it's fine. You can say whatever you want to say. It's right across the street, so I have parking. What? Yeah. Commit to going to the home game that we host. No, I mean, I, I want to go. I want to go. Well, I, uh, think, I mean, overall, I think we have a good shot of taking the series. I mean, we just need to take one of those first two from them, and then it's a home game for us. Well, that was my, my thought is we win the two games at McCamish. And we, we talk about having an event, an event in Atlanta, at the new convocation center. 
that's going to be that'd be a big one right there yes david is setting up the perfect we we would we would be the favored team unless lanier's left and recruiting's gone to crap over the next two seasons but i mean uh, but i'm just saying like that that's set up for a story that's that's a good one right there that's something that doug roberson would actually have to say something positive about during state again maybe i don't know he could spin that if he wants to he's got ways he would find the one empty seat in the new convocation center and like they couldn't sell it out could they I'm like that guy was getting a hot dog there's like a tile that's not perfectly aligned or something somewhere. I don't know. No, but I, I'm already in tailgate planning mode for this whole thing. Like I want to have, like I, I'm taking that day off of work and I'm going to go down there first thing in the morning. I have not discussed this with my wife whatsoever at all. And I'm going to go down there. I mean, to be, to be fair though, she is tired of me talking about Georgia state. So if I brought it up, she'd just be annoyed. So why not Why bring it up and just, are you talking about to McCamish? Yes, this December thirteenth or whatever it is. This year? This year. Oh shit, man, that's soon. Yeah, I'm just trying to do it in the middle of the pandemic. No big deal. What do you mean? By December, it's gonna be all long gone. It's gone by November something, right? Damn, we're already open again. That's when the um the second wave comes, right? Supposedly. No, we're we're good, man. We're golden. Let's record it right here and see what happens. You heard, you heard it here first. Yeah, America. To tune in for all your coronavirus news, the state of Atlanta. Ryan yeah. drunkenly says, "By December, we're good. <laughs> Golden, even." So I think we 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 uh, put a nail on that one. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah. So the other news, not a lot to say about it. Just a big uh, congrats to Dan Ellington, Woo! Uh, new assistant coach at Georgia State. Looks like he'll be helping out the both the. Uh, the running backs and the uh, quarterbacks and wide receivers. And what does that guy know about catching a ball? I was, yeah, the running, running back and quarterback makes a lot of sense to me. But uh, Quarterback and running back make a lot of sense. But what does he know about catching a ball? You know? I mean, he knows where to tell them to be. Be wherever I throw the ball. <laughs> <laughs> but, I mean, you, you got to, like, like, especially in some of the, like, um, college football, people are running routes, and the routes are a lot more important because – quarterbacks are a lot less able to adjust based on like, Oh, I took a few extra steps and things like that. Oh, I know. I know. Uh, and educating on receiver on like, you know, when this is happening or that's happening, this is how the quarterback's going to react and, you know, lead you to the ball type stuff. And yeah, I get it. Don't do this thing that you think is a great idea in the moment, but you're really going to screw me up. Exactly. Make me look good. You know, make your yeah. look good. No one's going to no one is going to remember your name five years from now, but the quarterback, they'll remember him. So make sure to like him, make him look good. Uh, I mean, I'm super happy for Dan. I think he, you know, commands a presence in the locker room. He's got the respect and the buy-in from all the players and from the coaches for that matter. So, I mean, he, he should do pretty well in the position he's put in right now. And, um, you know. Well, he says he's always wanted to be a coach. He's always wanted to coach football. So that's good for him. Uh, good opportunity. And what better to get opportunity at your alma mater? My only question is uh, I can see pros and cons to going straight from player to coach in the same organization. Like, is there going to be a problem? Like, you know, you know all right, you know, you used to pal around with him in the locker room, and now he's the one telling you, like, you know, get your ass out the door and do your laps or whatever. Like, there's going to be an issue there. But – that being said, I don't see that being an issue for Dan. He, well, he, 
the the problem is 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 one of like um I mean, to make a weird crass comparison, it's like like inbreeding, right? It's like you go into the same program you were in and you're not going to learn as much. And so you might not be as um, exposed to new ideas as you might be if you went to a different program and, and then came back, right? Well, that's, that, there's a rule at the university system of Georgia is you're not allowed to be a professor at the university you got your degree from. Yep. For that exact same reason. Yeah. They want you to get different experiences from somewhere else. Uh, so yeah, you're, you're absolutely right. But I don't think I, now, if you're telling me my options are Dan becomes an assistant coach at Georgia state right now. And then over the next 10, 20 years moves up the ranks, becomes a head coach. I'm okay with that. But also if this is just Dan's first job as a coach and moves on to another location and bounces around for 20 years and then comes back as the first return player as a head coach, I'm also okay with that. But actually he'll be the second because Nick. Will well, that's, that's more likely. I mean, we know how, how, how much things are shaken up like between coaches and, and we can probably expect between every, you know, three to five years we'll get new coaches and, uh, and the whole, the whole tree just gets shaken up. So yeah. Well, yeah, if we're not changing out our coach every three to five years, then uh, we're doing something wrong. Something's messed up. Something's yeah. wrong with tech. If Dan just like stays there for a decade, that's weird. Yeah. Or we're Georgia Tech, right? I mean, what? Seemed to be well, well, I was, was going to say Mike Bobo, but he was there under Rick the entire time. So, <laughs> so yeah, but even then, they like figured out that wasn't working. Like, that's not a good strategy. Yeah. So Dan, if you're listening, we'd love to have you on the podcast. Just reach out to State of Atlanta on Twitter. Yeah, David. David will, you know. And actually, at, at this point, Tim is our official recruiter of uh, interviewees. I'm just logos, colors. That's it. Flags, flags. All right. Uh, yeah, Dan. I'd uh, love to have you on the podcast. Obviously, and it goes, that goes out to every former player and pretty much any alum or fan. If you want to come on, let us know. And I'm not guaranteeing you a spot. Uh, but uh, if you want to come on the podcast, let us know. Yeah, we love shooting shit. Maybe we can do it. Yeah, if you're a weirdo, David will definitely turn you down. I won't have anything to do with the decision, but he will turn you down. If I turn down every weirdo, then Ryan would never have been on this podcast. So so there was another little bit of uh, an article. This is the last thing I really got to talk about before the last call. Uh, And this is what we kind of hinted at earlier on. There was an article by the Sun Herald, uh, name of the website or our publication, whatever article by Pat Patrick McGee about it's the coronavirus has proven that the Sun Belt and the uh, Conference USA should just do a forced realignment regionally to uh, make things easier, save money uh, on both conf- all the teams in, in the both conferences. So that would put Georgia State into a conference that is Louisiana Tech, Southern Miss, UA, oh, that's West, East, sorry, wrong, East, the, uh, the Florida Atlantic, Florida International, Western Kentucky, Marshall, Middle Tennessee, Old Dominion, App State, Charlotte, Southern, Georgia State, Troy, and Coastal. Oh, my God, yes. That would be a better conference than we're in right now. Oh, my God, yes. The only problem with this I see, and it's not that big of a problem, but it's a problem with any of these kind of realignment talks, is getting those Florida schools. The Florida schools are the ones that make it 
being able to make it in bus trips everywhere, make it. They are further than you expect them to be. Yeah. So that though they really make it difficult. And so no matter what you talk about regionalizing, even if you include the, uh, the American conference and this whole big, huge shakeup, Georgia state still one of the closest schools to all the Florida schools. So we get lumped into that. And so it kind of kills the bus trip. I have a solution to that, and that is we can go with Ryan's idea and just relegate them down to FCS. Uh, you're going to relegate uh, yeah, uh, the FA, uh, FAU and FIA to FCS? Yeah. What about UCF? Do they get relegated down? Well, no. They're close enough. It's like six and a half, seven hours, right? They're national champs, man. Yeah. Yeah, you say that. But no, that, that, that's a better we're from UAB. They're so close. That's and also in this whole thing, when I look at it, UAB getting uh, not included into a conference with Georgia State just sucks. That's weird. Well, it's, it's so close. Because I even did my own map of mixing up all three conferences: Sun Belt, Conference USA, and American. Yeah. Excuse me, and putting into, into three different conferences, and we still don't end up playing UAB based off of geography. Weird. But when I did it, uh, he's in our conference. When I when I when I did my drew my lines, I had an option. I could either put Tulane in our conference, or put Georgia Southern in our conference. And so I put and, Tulane. No, <laughs> no, I, 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 you needed more a bigger drum roll than that because that's, that's, uh, right there. That's insane, man. I, I, uh, were you? Wait, you were not drunk. Were you? I was not drunk. I was so. That's the problem right there. I was as sober as I can be. And there's always some residual alcohol left over from the night before. So <sighs> Tulane over Georgia Southern, really? Yeah. I'd rather play a city school than a backwoods country school, I guess. I don't know. No, but what do you mean a city? It's New Orleans. What, do you, what are you talking about? Yeah. I, I, I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. <laughs> you, you, didn't, you didn't have enough drinks, obviously. But I actually see if I can uh, pull up my uh, wasn't prepared to do this at all. So I can pull up my map. You guys want to see my map that I did? Yes. All right. Share. I'll share a future conference. Yeah. Maybe. Is this like a sweet Google map with like rando icons? We have like stats for that. Yes, here it is. All right. Yeah, so it creates three con- three conferences, uh, two 12-team, one 11-team uh, conference. And then I also included putting New Mexico State, pulling them from independence in West to be close to El so, so where is Georgia Southern in this scenario? <laughs> They're in the East uh, playing against uh, those schools. I don't count this oh, one. Oh, I see. That's Liberty. Liberty would not be included in this. But okay. Yeah. You're like a maybe optional. Well, I just, I created, it's different layers on a Google map and I uh, had my independence all as one. So I technically UMass is up here as well, but uh, I didn't have them included in anybody, but that, those are decent. And we get, that puts us into a conference with UCF and USF and Memphis. Uh, did I include uh, UAB? There? Well, and if you did, um, if you did uh, um, travel partners, even in football with like UCF and who's in Tampa? Is that USF? Yeah, if you did like UCF and USF, um, and then you did uh, FIU and FAU as like travel partner type things, that would make it a lot easier. 
Yeah, yeah. But that was my my uh, comment. There's no way it's ever going to happen because Americans are never going to split up to pull in Sunbelt and Conference USA teams. Right. But just uh, a little pipe dream hope of what, of what a conference could look like. That was, yeah, man, you worked on this. Uh, it's been a few minutes. Who's in Philly and, and uh, Washington? Temple is in Philly and Washington. Is, uh, oh, the Naval Academy. Oh, uh, okay. Oh, okay. Yeah. Yeah, so... I can share that later if anybody else wants to see it. So, yeah, um, but that's kind of fun to talk about. Um, I don't think in a, I don't think a big shakeup's going to happen this year. I don't think so. I think we're all just going to survive. All the conferences, all the schools, we're just going to try to survive the best we can. I think in some belt, the only chance of anything really happening, and it would have to take another second outbreak. It'd be Monroe dropping down. But yeah. that's about it. I don't think any other schools. You may see some sports drop. And I think if you do see sports drop, and it happens to a lot of schools, I know that the G5 schools have already petitioned NCAA to lax the rules. They would, and they said no, they'll just do it later. They'll come back and they'll change right. it later. Just kidding. You can. Yeah, we're going to allow it now. So many schools will not qualify. You have a waiver for two or three years. Let's get stuff going again. Um, I don't know. Yeah. All right. I think that's all I got for this week. And tell you guys when I do some little last call action. Sure, man. Yeah, let's do it. All right. Well, I think that means that we are going to sign off on the, uh, the Facebook live feeds. Uh, thanks to our viewers, Max, who's still around with us. <laughs> nice. watching. And uh, yeah, this will all be posted up this tomorrow and last call will be available to our Patreon tomorrow and for free to everybody else on Friday. So, uh, thanks watchers. Thanks. Bye. That's it for us this week. Thank you for listening. Please follow us on Twitter at state of Atlanta or on Facebook at facebook.com slash state of Atlanta. And if you enjoy what you're listening to, please rate and review us on your podcast app. Thank you very much. And go Panthers.